0: We on that haunted ground, the three spooked girls. Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. It is your co-host, Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey spooksters. So today is part two of the death of Kurt Cobain. We're going to be talking conspiracy theories and really we're going to be letting you know our feelings and what's happening. It's going to be a little bit different of a format than normal. It's going to be more of like welcome to our table talk.
1: Yeah. We did a couple of those in like twenty nineteen. So if you've listened to the backlog or RNOG spookster,
0: you already know what to expect.
1: And I feel like this happens a lot of times on Patreon too. So it's true. <laughs> those turn
0: into table talks. Yes. So we're gonna be talking about conspiracy theories, different things that happen, and then we're gonna basically break down. I found this article that was really good and it bullet pointed about like 15 different weird things that was in the documentary Soaked in Bleach, which has a lot to do with the alternative theories of Kurt's death. But before we talk about that article, we're going to talk about... Okay, guys, I spent a lot of time on the internet trying to find different theories of Kurt Cobain's death. And let me tell you, everyone is just like, Courtney did it, or Courtney was involved. So many of his fans are like, she's somehow responsible for his death, that she hired Tom Grant as her alibi, and... That she was not fortunate in the fact that she hired an ex-detective to handle this. This isn't just like a PI who's like, ah, I don't care. Or like basically comes to them with all this proof that could be pointing to them and be like, do you want me to burn this evidence to protect you? Tom Grant was like, I will burn you to get to the truth.
1: Literally, which good on him. Good on him.
0: But before we go and jump into that, we're going to talk about the one alternative theory that I found online, which is that Courtney asked this rocker dude to kill Kurt eight months before Kurt died. According to an article in The Sun that came out in July of 2019, and I might, The Sun is a UK publication, has an online presence and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a tabloid. I'm not 100% sure, but I have a feeling it's a tabloid.
1: Yeah, I think it's similar to like Daily Mail.
0: Yeah. So. In this Sun article in July of 2019, David Portnow of Pig Records, I don't know if it's Pig or P-I-G, I I don't know. (laughs) All the letters are capitalized, so I was confused. Mm -hmm. But it's located in Seattle. He made a claim that Shocker Rocker or Rape Rocker, I don't want to know what Rape Rock is. Mm, No. The fuck shit is that? Don't tell me, please. Don't tell me. No. But this rocker by the name of... Sarah and I've had like conversations of what we think is it is. It's El douche or Douce, but I did hear the douche. Someone pronounced it <laughs> El douche and I was like, that's it. He's El douche forever. <laughs> but his real name is Elden Wayne Hope, and he was in the band mentors. And basically that he confessed that El Eldouche El douche or whatever his name is, confessed to David that he was hired to kill Kurt Cobain. The quote from David is, this time about eight months before Kurt's death, he showed me that he had $5,000 in cash. I didn't count it, but it looked like a lot of money. And he told me it was to kill Kurt Cobain. He didn't say where the money came from, and it was very unusual for him to have any money at all. He didn't live in reality, but he wasn't joking about it. I assumed it was untrue until I saw the Curtin Courtney movie and he mentioned it again. The movie that were, he's referring to is the 1998 documentary by Nick room field called kurt and courtney and eldon made similar claims that he was hired to kill kurt i haven't seen that documentary i had heard weird things about it and basically it didn't seem like it lined up with factual things so i didn't want to like put it into my head i get that that would be a long like conspiracy but i was wanting to stick as like close to possibilities because you know there's probably people out there who are like aliens killed him and you're like calm down Tenfoil off. Calm down. Oh, goodness. There's craziness out there. So David in the article goes on to say, today, I definitely believe someone paid El Duch to kill Kurt Cobain. He claimed that Courtney came to his place of work or came to this place called The Rock Shop. I don't know if it was his place of work. I don't know why I said that. And offered him $50,000 to kill Kurt Cobain. But according to El Duch, he was like, no, I'm not going to kill Kurt and turned it down. Now, in 1997, they did an interview with him. He was drunk in it in his Riverside home. He said, God damn, I wish I would have taken it, man. Hey, it's 50 grand, (laughs) does a lot of talking. Hoke also reportedly passed a lie detector test after being asked directly if he received the offer. Now, here's the thing about lie detector tests. They tell whether you are lying, not whether what you are saying is not factual. I know people who live in a delusion that when you confront them with legitimate facts, like, I don't know, bank statements, recordings of their voices, shit like that, they will still, like, you could have video of them and they will still deny it happened. One just happens to be my older brother. So I get this, right? Like, could totally pass a lie detector test because they believe what they're fucking saying. I think he totally fucking believed Courtney or somebody that was friends with Kurt asked him to kill Kurt Cobain oh yeah and the thing with the sun is that how in like U.S. articles you don't really have to say like allegedly or some bullshit like that you can just say things and then somebody end up fact checking you and then you just like take it down but like in the UK like you have to say like we could not verify these claims which I think every country should have
1: yeah for sure
0: it wouldn't be like censorship it would be like Authentication.
1: Well, right. And that was one of the biggest problems with this case, like a huge problem, because there was so much misinformation all throughout it with so many different aspects. So if there was something like that, you know, may not have
0: been as bad. Most definitely. I just want to say, after the weird interview where he's, like, drunk and everything like that, El was run over by a train with no witnesses present. Wow. So, like, he died. Like, how soon after that? Two days after his interview.
1: Yeah. You either just have really bad luck or somebody pushed
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> somebody pushed him. Mm. So now we're going to go and we're going to break down. I'm using this article. It'll be linked on the website. It was done by I-95 Rock. It's a soaked in bleach. It's the 15 key points that leads to Kurt Cobain being murdered versus suicide. The first point we're going to talk about is the credit card story and how when Courtney Love first hired Tom Grant on April 3rd, which is my parents' anniversary, Hmm. she told him that it was someone stole her credit cards and that she needed help because she didn't want it to, like, go into the media because of the fact that that her and her husband were celebrities. And then when she goes or when Tom goes to meet with her, it quickly turns into like, well, my credit cards aren't missing. It's my husband that's missing. And the story kind of like changes, like he's suicidal and he just left rehab and he bought a shotgun and all of these crazy things. And he's just been missing. And I don't I don't know what to do. And then you have the conflicting story of the fact that Courtney is pushing this narrative that he's suicidal. but like. Dylan Carlson, who is supposedly his best friend, when he meets with Tom on the 6th of April, tells him he's not suicidal because they bought the gun together because it's technically was in Carlson's name. Yeah, we talked about that in part one, like he straight
1: up says that if he thought he was suicidal, there's no way he would have bought it for him because Kurt legit couldn't because he had other stuff taken away. Right. And it's not. And that's the other thing, too. It's like it's not even just Dylan that is saying he's not suicidal. There's multiple people that are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, he wasn't
0: right. I mean, I get that like just weeks before he had this incident where he like overdosed. But that happens with people who are addicts. They overdose. Their tolerance goes up. I talked about in the first episode, people who take things like rohypnol, when they mix it with other things, issues can happen. Like people who take like benzos and painkillers and all these different things, thinking it's perfectly innocent. I mean, how many times has Kurt Cobain had he shot up and drank? So he's probably thinking, well, like, Rohypnol is just sleeping medication. And, oh, I'm just going to have some champagne. And then that spiraled out of control. And suddenly he's in a coma. There's a lot of stuff with that. And, you know, like how Courtney... All she would talk about is like her album coming out, how he was cheating on her, how he wanted a divorce and she just wanted to find him but didn't want Kurt to know that she was looking for him. It's all weird. And that leads me to the next point that they made in the article, which is that Courtney's career was more important than Kurt. Like Tara mentioned this and I feel this way too. If the important person in our life, like so, you know, me and her or like our spouses went fucking missing... We would be moving everything out of our way to find them, whether they wanted a divorce or not. Yeah, exactly. If she truly thought Kurt was going to kill himself, why the fuck would she not be on that plane going to see him, tearing apart Seattle, going on the news, asking people, have you seen him? Shouldn't care. This reminds me of like a a few years ago. Oh, my God. This is my favorite a few years ago my older brother was in a really weird toxic relationship you guys know that i don't have a relationship with my older brother and this is one of the reasons i don't he fucking disappeared like he wasn't talking to his kids it had been a couple of weeks right tara can tell you i fucking went on facebook i made a missing persons thing i made a google voice number i blasted that shit out within 20 minutes it had been reposted like 95 times yeah I found him within three hours. He was hiding from his (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife. But, like, at the same time, like, I honestly thought she killed him, but, like, (laughs) whatever. I don't even like my older brother. I mean I love him he's my brother but I don't like him he's an asshole you know and I literally was like how do I find this person because they're missing and potentially harm could happen and I mean the situation could have been the same with Kurt like Kurt could just be hiding out from her but like if she legitimately thought something could possibly have happened to him like suicide where I thought the other way I thought it was more like homicide like why wouldn't you every outlet you could Kurt Cobain there wasn't a person in Seattle who didn't know what he looked like.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, so many places everyone knew what he looked like. I feel like during the 90s, most people. Right. Especially young people. And that's why I got so mad in the last episode about people being like, well, she was on heroin. Well, okay, one. Yeah, she was like high majority of the time. But was she high all the time? No, there was times when she definitely wasn't. And I still feel like if you watch montage of heck when they're high off their fucking minds and tweaking out they're still like lovey you know what i mean so i feel like if she had any sort of feelings for him or concern even if she's high as shit that's still gonna come out
0: right and you know like her ramblings like tom grant recorded their conversations and so it's not fucking hearsay that she said this shit. It's not Tom Grant coming out saying, well, Courtney was only talking about like her album and, you know, the divorce and all this shit. It's literally Courtney's voice saying this. So she can't deny it. I mean, she can, but it's stupid to deny it because it's her.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And. The one of the things that like really concerned me about this is that, like, how much she talked about what was going on with Kurt could literally help sell copies of her upcoming album that was released in like the week after it's
1: disgusting
0: and it's like honestly (laughs) i started thinking about it like this i was like courtney you missed an opportunity to divorce his ass because you could have taylor swifted him honest to god like if kurt hadn't died and they got a divorce courtney love could have been the taylor swift before taylor swift and written so many epic fucking breakup songs did me wrong songs cheated songs there could have been so many like you want to talk about from a business standpoint t swift has taught us that like you take the pain of your relationship i mean look at justin timberlake his solo breakout song is like cry me a river and it's about his relationship with britney spears and how it broke up right i mean i don't know there are moments i just i don't know but it did strike me really wrong That all she seemed to, like, focus on was, like, her work, quote unquote, versus her actual, like, husband being missing.
1: Right. And the father of her child, too.
0: Right. Because also, like, if you want to look at it like this, like, Kurt hadn't, he had called Rosemary and was like, I want to change my will, but nothing had been done yet. It was just like, I'm going to do this. He got back from Rome, went into rehab. Then all of this happened. It was like very like it was a month's time. Like that shit doesn't happen overnight. You don't fucking call your lawyer and the next day you have paperwork. Like he had to go and sit down. I mean, he had $33 million he had to figure out what shit was going to happen. And it wouldn't have mattered if he had left it all to France. Like, let's say he said over the phone, hey, I want to leave it all to Francis. Until she was 18, Courtney was responsible for her. So unless he set up some sort of like trust and everything, and those take time. And this is before the days of email and shit. Right. And Courtney has admitted that it was unethical for her to do what she was doing with like using Kurt to like leverage the sales. But like, I don't know. And then the fact that she was so obsessed with this like Lollapalooza shit. Oh my
1: God. Yeah, she would not get off that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> she talked about, like, how it was, like, $9.7 million to do Lollapalooza, and it's, like, Kirk was hurting. I don't think he was suicidal, but I think he was definitely hurting. You can tell, like... All he really wanted to do was make music and, like, record music. But, like, he definitely wasn't the let's go and travel and do big shows type of guy, which is fine. And I get it. As a fan, like, you want to see them live. But, like, if that person is like, I'd hate this, I wouldn't want them to hate their life i'd want them to be able to do what they wanted to do yeah another weird red flag is that courtney when finally filing a missing persons report she did it in his mother's name and his mother and him were not close they weren't really on speaking terms Mm -mm. i feel like it's probably like a once or twice a year hey how are you type thing and the fact that she said nobody would take her serious if she reported Kurt missing, but they would take his mother serious.
1: I think it would have been the opposite case, like especially once word got out, you know, one, it's his wife, but two, it's Courtney Love and it's high profile. And let's just be real, like with high profile people, they most of the time usually get on shit like that.
0: Right. You're 100% right. It would have been more valid because of the way you think about it, the fact that like They had been in Europe together. They had gone to rehab together in LA. He had left LA and then went to Seattle. It makes more sense that Courtney would be the one to call the police and be like, hey, my husband left a few days ago and nobody has seen him since the 2nd. You know, according to the timeline, he got into a cab at 7am on Saturday the 2nd and nobody saw him since then, which also is like, where was Kurt for like three days? So you're right. It makes more sense that Courtney would be the one to call. Or if Courtney was using the whole I'm in rehab thing, why didn't she call Rosemary and have Rosemary call and make a report on Courtney's behalf? She was her lawyer. That makes perfect sense. But to call and fake and say that it was his mother, it's just like it's odd. Yeah, It's like when they say when people lie about shit, how they put weird details in there. It's like that is a weird detail. And then I'm sure Courtney, like the reason Courtney confessed it to Tom is people were probably calling Wendy's house going oh my god what's going on and my question that I've never found the answer to was did Wendy even know Kurt was missing
1: yeah I don't know because it was
0: like kept out of the media so like probably not and when Grant asked like well should we go up to like where he lived like his mom lives or you know and they were like no they don't even talk moving along the next point that this article talks about is liars using liars to hide the truth. Hmm. And basically what they were saying is that like Courtney was telling him that basically... When Tom wanted to go up there first with, like, his own detective squad to go to the house, Courtney was like, no, 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 it's fine. He's probably just hiding out and he wouldn't be at the house. And then she goes as far as to say, like, he loves the fanciest hotels. He uses, like, pseudonames like Simon Ritchie or Bill Bailey. And Dylan's like, that's not even fucking true. We get high in skeezy motels downtown. Yeah. And then it's the fact that, like, once Tom finds this out, they then have have to like they've spent all of this time searching these nice hotels calling And then Dylan's like, that's not even true. The fact that all communication had to go between Dylan and Courtney to Tom. When Tom, one, bad on Tom. Tom should have just picked up the phone and been like, no, you're going to fucking talk to me. You hired me. I don't need to play telephone with Dylan. Like you need to give me directly orders. And then there's the whole issue with like Callie. Why wouldn't when Tom land, why wouldn't Courtney want him to go directly and talk to Callie? Hit the ground and start at the house because literally the last known location of Kurt Cobain was getting in a cab outside of his house, according to Callie. Right.
1: There's just no like logic with this case at all. It's just chaotic all around.
0: Right, and it's like the fact that then the person who goes to like the Lake Washington house with Courtney and Tom is Callie's girlfriend. Then they come up with all this quote unquote evidence that was found and that's not even true. So like how how I mean these are all things that like if I was a detective and I was getting this information which Tom Grant was trying to give to the police, these would have been huge red flags. Like, wait a second. You're saying that like they went and checked in some obscure part of the house. And instead of calling Tom to the scene, being like, Tom, come up here. We found needles like they baggied them up and brought them to him. I feel I feel like if this was an episode of Criminal Minds, they all would have been like, you're a liar. None of this could be true. I think part of the
1: problem at that point in the timeline, though, is like he hadn't talked to Rosemary and gotten all of that stuff yet. So I'm sure like, obviously, he's not wanting to be like automatic. Courtney did it or had something to do with it. Like he's just trying to figure out what's going on. And she's kind of a loose cannon. So still shouldn't have done it. But allowing Dylan to be the middleman kind of help contain her. You know, so he thought like okay, this isn't how maybe I would do stuff normally. I mean, maybe it is, don't know him. But it's like trying to appease her so he can get the cooperation he can get from her because like we've already talked about multiple times, she didn't want to really do anything or go to Seattle. So I'm sure he was just trying to figure out a way
0: to work towards finding the answers. Exactly, exactly. Which brings me to like the next point that bring up is that Courtney wouldn't leave LA. She said she couldn't leave LA. And then when he's talking to Rosemary, Rosemary is like, there's no fucking work she was doing. She was laying up in a hotel getting high for days. How is that a thing? I mean, I get that she probably should have been promoting her album, but she was technically in an outpatient rehab.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't going to interviews, press, nothing.
0: Right. And then it's like looking at the fact that like when... Tom was like, do you want to go to Seattle with me? And she's like, I can't. Then she gets up and shouts at him, save the American icon, Tom. Like, What a fucking weird ass thing to do. Like, this is your husband. You're supposedly like in love with him and you're so concerned for his well-being. But then like the guy who's going to try to find him, you muck. Yep. I don't understand that whatsoever. Her actions were like so about herself. Mm -hmm. Now, the next part I want to talk about that they bring up is Dylan and the greenhouse and like why it was a secret because we've established that Courtney, according to Rosemary, not according to Courtney, according to Rosemary, Courtney told Dylan to check the greenhouse and the fact that he didn't is highly sus. Which taking into account that the police think that the reason the shell casing is on the opposite side of where it should be is that there was an obstruction in the way that it bounced off of, which would make complete sense if someone was standing beside him and it bounced off their leg, you know, or their foot or something like that and bounced over. So here's a theory that I have. This is my own theory of like what could possibly happen if we're taking that scenario that Dylan was in the room with Kurt when this happened is that Kurt was upset about something he decided to take a bunch of heroin it made him go like crazy and he grabs the gun And, you know, Dylan tries to stop it, which is why the guns flipped, like, as the gun shot. And then it hit him. And, like, one of the things, I was talking to my husband about this. He's like, but he got shot in the head. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, we think that, we look at, like, gunshots in the head, like, boom, I shoot you in the head and you drop down dead. Like, that's not how life happens. Like, even if I were to cut your head off, they know that heads that are severed are still conscious for, like, 10 seconds. Right. Which is an enormous amount of time when you really think about it. Like 10 seconds is a lot. Literally. You know, the fact that like he got shot in the head, he could have grabbed the gun barrel harder at that time. And that would is what would give it like the cadaver spasm and everything like that. We don't know how long it took him to die. Again, yes, sometimes it's like boom in head down, not responsive, but like. We don't know all the facts because no one was there. And then it was three days later, the body was discovered.
1: Mm-hmm. And everything poorly handled.
0: Right. Exactly. And I get it. If that's what happened, if I was Dylan, I would be scared because who the fuck would believe that story? Right. That truly the American icon is dead and you're with him. Yeah. I mean, like, we see
1: so many times, like, just movies, Yeah. Weird shit will happen. And then the person there or the person surviving are like, oh, my God, no one's going to believe me. So they try to cover it up and it becomes this whole thing. And it's like, that's legit because like people aren't gonna believe that especially because like on the surface you know or you know maybe he truly wasn't he appeared or wasn't suicidal when he was more sober so yeah it's just like okay you wanted to kill him for x y and z
0: and then there's the other thought that like because again kurt was like a habitual he was an addict to heroin but there had never been an indication he had taken that much heroin before Right. The thing with the science of heroin, like, you know, the police want to say that he could have had several minutes because of his tolerance level. But like doctors have come out and said like that would have incapacitated him within seconds.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because in like the way that they tried to debunk it and they talk about it in Soaked in Bleach is that the test they used, they had someone take the same quote unquote amount and stand on one leg for a period of time but also we talked about this with edibles when we talked about with our case that was last week things that are ingested which is how the test subject was like they took it orally and it wasn't injected into the vein it takes a long time because it has to go into the stomach and then be broken down and then go into the small intestine where it's absorbed out into the bloodstream Mm -hmm. depending on your digestive tract that could take 40 minutes to two hours so you're saying that this person who ingested this they're not going to have the same reaction time now if you shot that person up with heroin and not like what is the drug it
1: was like methadone or something didn't they
0: yeah methadone yeah they're different drugs and they have different effects on you and i'm pretty sure methadone is what they give you when you're coming like in rehab to come down Oh, I don't know. Maybe. uh.
1: But yeah, it's like, that's the point is like their control test is not the same thing. So it's like, how can you say your test is going to give the same effect of what happened or didn't happen? It's just it's crazy. And then even if you do a quick Google search, because that was like one of my questions. I was like, how fast does heroin hit if you shoot up? Because like, obviously, I don't do drugs like that. Yeah. You Google it and it's like, no, that's immediate. You're going to be high off your shit right then. Because
0: put it into your blood and within within milliseconds, it's pumped through your heart and into your head, all that shit. And if he was like nervous or excited, his heart was racing faster. You know, think about that shit. But that's also this part when they're talking about this leads me to my favorite quote ever. We're not talking apples and oranges here. We're talking apples and asparagus. (laughs) That needs to be merch. (laughs) Yes, that was amazing. It was one of the doctors on the on the documentary and it's true. Like, you're talking apples and asparagus. Literally. Yes, they're both food because they're both drugs. But, like, they taste different. They're made different. They do different things. Yeah. You can eat apples and it's not going to make your pee smell. Because <laughs> that's what asparagus does. hmm So, and then you're thinking about the fact that he took, they said, like, regular human is what they said. Kurt's dose was 75 times that dosage. And that most addicts will do, like, 60 milligrams that's their like high their high one like 60 to 75, he did like 1.5 grams or something insane. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. And so it was three times the lethal dosage of heroin. And that was in his bloodstream pumping through every crevice of his body instantaneously. Which is like, for me, when you look at like Richard Seymour Hoffman, when they found his body, he had a fucking needle in his arm because he died of an overdose. Which is like, holy shit, shouldn't there have been a needle in Kurt's arm? Like, I've never read anything that indicated that he had a needle in his arm. No, wasn't it in the box thing Mm -hmm. they
1: found? It was in the box, yeah. Right. So you're telling me he did triple the lethal dose amount. He put it away neatly because it wasn't, like, strewn about. It was in this, like, little tin thing. And then he gets where he wants, gets the shotgun ready, shoots himself all perfectly. Like, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't care what kind of tolerance you have. That makes zero fucking sense.
0: Right. And like, again, I've never used heroin. Yeah, no. Have used legal drugs. That's it. Yeah. I've never used heroin. I've never seen someone shoot up heroin in real life. I've only seen it in movies. But from what I understand is how it's portrayed in film is pretty fucking spot on. That literally, as soon as you take off that tourniquet, like there's a reason they find junkies with fucking needles in their arm.
1: Right. Well, and like I said, I looked it up. It was like a research journal type of thing. It wasn't just like random fun fact of the day, <laughs> you know, it was like shit. It was like an actual research. Right. But like like we talked about with Dylan, when he comes to the house, he's up there for like 20 minutes, does his shoot up. And then it's like he Tom basically says like, you know, he's out of it and basically like falls asleep, like is falling over, nodding off. So it's like, you're telling me that Kurt's this magical human being who can take an insane Amount of heroin and tidy up and then shoot himself? Like. No, that makes zero fucking sense. Right. No matter what happened, even if it's like somebody stumbled upon him and panicked too, like there's no way he was by himself. There's just, there's no way in my brain to comprehend he did all of this by himself.
0: Exactly. I mean, Tara and I have talked about this too, where it's like, let's go with the theory that it didn't hit him right away, right? Let's say it took a minute. Maybe Kurt had a moment of clarity and realized that he was gonna fucking die and that it might be a really painful way to die. It's a heroin overdose. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I assume they just slip into a coma and die. I, I don't know. And then he like panicked and grabbed the shotgun and killed himself. And maybe Dylan or Callie is there and they're like trying to stop it. And that's why shit gets the way it is. And you talked with Matt about it. And he said, yeah, it could flip over because honestly, like if he had the gun maybe propped up on his shoe and there's a kickback and his shoe had that like rubberized heel, that could have made it. I don't know. Not a gun expert. Oh, it's it's a shotgun. It's gonna have a kickback.
1: Even handguns do, you know? So, like, that's totally plausible.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. I just don't know what the kickback would look like in that situation. Mm-hmm. If I was the police and here in front of me was a dead celebrity, he's worth $33 million, he's the biggest rock star in the world, essentially. Nirvana was huge. I would have done everything to cross the T's, dot the I's, go the fucking extra mile so that nobody could ever come back to me and say, hey, you fucked up on this. I would have taken every meeting with Tom Grant, every conspiracy theory that walked in that door. I would have had a detective sit down and take full statements. Also, the fact the fucking detective on this case was fucking fired because of the fact that he fucking took evidence from another crime scene and tried to plant it at a- another murder. And he resigned for that because the fucking police chief was going to fire him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was basically like, let me leave before you fire me type of thing. Like, he fucking
0: knew. Right. And you're telling me that at no point did the police chief at the time, who was Norm Stamper, go, maybe we should look at all of this detective's cases and reopen everything to make sure we've done our due diligence and he hasn't fucked shit up. No, didn't happen. Definitely watch Soaked and Bleach. It's a great one. It's a great documentary. and they they bring in like a former police chief detective homicide division from New York City. like you want to talk about departmental procedures they cut those shit cut their teeth in New York and he's saying the fact that the detective said I'm not going to develop the film because it's a suicide and we don't do that the fact that Kurt's body was allowed allowed to be cremated six days after this that's a fucking travesty
1: right exactly like that's nowhere near enough time to know what fucking happened like are you fucking kidding me
0: right totally the fact that they waited 30 days to process the shotgun not to get results but to process the shotgun for fingerprints Mm hmm. One of the things that was out there and I think we talked about in the last episode is that they said that they gave the gun to Courtney and they melted it down. That's not true. The gun was not melted down. The Seattle PD still has it. And at this point, they could turn that over to a different forensic person with all of the fucking forensics that we have, though I'm trying to remember if in the picture the guy was using regular like if he just had his hands on it or not. But
1: that's the fucking thing. They don't want to let anybody that's outside see it because they're going to find their Fuck ups because there's been forensics people requesting the pictures because obviously publicly they've only released you know just a handful of pictures so they're like let me have access to this so i can take a look because everybody knows y'all fucked up and they're just like no
0: no and i'm not like 100 percent well versed with this and i should probably do my due diligence on this but like under the freedom of information act i would feel like we should be able to like request those pictures people should be able to request the entire cobain file But Seattle PD is going to block and do injunctions and they're going to fight that because of the fact that they had a fucking patrol officer call it a suicide and everyone fucking ran with it. They're not qualified. There are people who are qualified and in every case, I mean, we're talking bringing up Philip Seymour Hoffman again. He literally had a fucking needle in his arm with 50 baggies of heroin around him. And they were like, we're doing um, a death investigation for like a week. Everyone knew he killed himself, but they didn't call it a suicide because they had to test that syringe for fingerprints. They had to make sure that that shit wasn't laced with stuff that was in his body. Like, what if he shot up with something that had something in it that was meant to kill him? Like, these are the shit that you have to think about. And that's why you can't. Because like, let's say that Kurt did a normal amount of heroin and died. And we're talking a long time user. People would have been like, wait a second. Right. People would have been like, what was in the heroin? And they say, like, they quote this in the documentary. They say, if you want to get away with killing someone, kill a junkie. People will just fucking assume that it was an overdose. However, there was a shotgun involved. Right. Exactly. I mean, the police in this thing without giving like the fact that they're like okay the gun turned didn't hire a forensic or like an expert in firearms to come out and explain that that's what i would have done yeah i would have gotten an expert in firearms forensics and come out and been like tell us how this could happen tell us the percentage that this could have happened tell us like what would make it happen this way like where would the gun have to be sitting how would it line up like tell me this and granted a lot of people could be like well you know it's easy for you to say No, like if I was in this position, I would have so many more questions about this than, oh, he killed himself. He just overdosed in Rome, was in a fucking coma, literally a month exactly before. Like he overdosed on like March 4th. So he overdoses March 4th, April 5th, he commits suicide. Why wouldn't he just pop the Rohitinol, drink some beer or some champagne and go to sleep in a coma? And I get like, okay. People have often been like, well, why would he kill himself in the greenhouse? Well, it makes sense if he thought like, well, I don't want to kill myself in the home I shared with my child. Right. But like, again, they weren't going to let Francis run around in there while Kurt was in there. She would have never known. Also, Courtney could have just sold the house. But what she does and they allow this the fucking crime scene, they allow the greenhouse to be torn down and destroyed. So there's actually like no fucking crime scene. There's no body. And the gun is with Seattle PD that's just locked up. And then if we're talking about suicide here, you have to look at the fact that like they were planting this Cobain curse of suicide with these two family members. And it's clarified in the documentary by one of Kurt's childhood friends. You know, and his name is Mitch HomeQuest. And he said that there is no Cobain curse. That the what they're using is that Kurt's great-great grandfather, uncle, or something, Arthur Cobain, was a deputy sheriff in Graham's Harbor, Washington, back in 1938. And they said that he committed suicide while in a bar, but it was actually a really weird freak accident. What happened is that he was sitting on a bar stool and his gun dislodged from his holster. So what we're saying that like his holster wasn't clipped. His gun fell to the floor, probably hitting butt to the floor, because if I'm, I'm, the way I'm thinking it is that his holster was probably tilted down from him sitting. It slid out. And then the impact of the gun hitting the floor dislodged the bullet in the chamber and. It went up and shot him. And that's how he died. The other one is Kurt's uncle, Leland, who fell down a flight of stairs. They said that he w- he committed suicide. But uh, no, he actually fell down a flight of stairs while drunk or intoxicated. And that was not, I mean, we talked about on one of the Ghost Adventure episodes we watched in the Facebook group, that was literally one of them. A guy died and was haunting a place because he tried to drunkenly walk upstairs and then fell down. So that's very plausible. So and that was made up. Right. That just shows more how
1: like media and word of mouth and everything. Things get twisted. It was literally two freak accidents in two like very separate situations. One being in the fucking 30s. So the curse and all this other shit like it's just bullshit that people are just trying to use to push stuff that did not happen.
0: Right. Right and then taking into the account the next point the article makes is that Kurt was not suicidal we go back to the point where Dylan said I would never have let him get a shotgun if he was suicidal it wouldn't make any sense and the fact that he was in a drug coma in Rome less than a month before the media talked about it and they said that he had an accidental overdose as soon as he died they came out and said that it was a suicide attempt and that he had swallowed 60 pills and that he was trying to kill himself because 60 pills of Rohypnol, like even without the champagne, that shit's going to kill you. And the doctor who was named Dr. Oswaldo galliate I think I said that wrong. I apologize. Who treated Cobain in Rome, the words they use is categorically denies that Cobain had 60 pills in him and that it was not a suicide attempt. Basically, he probably took a little bit more than he was supposed to and then started drinking. That happens. That is the number one cause of over-the-counter or prescribed medicine deaths is that people Take them and then they have a sip one time and they're like, I was fine. And then they start abusing them and taking them for recreational uses. And then all of a sudden, they think like, oh, I have this tolerance and they ingest them. And then it's like, oh, fuck, we're on a point of no return yeah and a lot of the times his song lyrics when he's like referring to wanting to die and he literally has said that that goes back to the fact that he had these undiagnosed pains in his stomach and I know what that feels like I have had stomach issues in my life and like you know and you're like oh my god this is so much pain I don't know what I can like there's nothing you can do at that moment you can try to take medications and try to get it right if you can't it just sits there and lingers and the only thing you can do is pump more pain meds into you but then at some point they're like you can't take any more pain meds or you'll fucking die.
1: Well, right. And someone, because I did a TikTok on this, like somebody tried to make that point that he was suicidal and it was because of that. And I was like, no, there's literally an interview from late 93. I think it was like maybe December or so because he's asked like, hey, how are you doing like with your health issues and stuff? And he's like, I'm great. Like I finally got a doctor that got me something that works for me. Like I am in a good place, you Mm -hmm. know, and then he was like joking like I hope this doesn't affect my music because like you said, he says that numerous times. Right. And even not just Dylan because people can try to discredit Dylan for the quote cover up or whatever the fuck. Rosemary also who has nothing like she don't need to cover up shit. Obviously, she's exposing like one of her closest friends. Right. Just saying. She's like, no, he was not fucking
0: suicidal. Like, no. Exactly. Exactly. You talk about like the interview he did. In that interview, he talks about a lot of the times, like his lyrics are like an afterthought. Like he writes the melody, he writes the music, and then it's like, fuck, I need lyrics. And then just quickly sits down and writes them, Mm -hmm. which makes it so much more impressive because he wrote so many amazing songs, you know, that people resonated with. But at the same fucking time, like he didn't put as much fucking thought from his mouth to God's ears. Like he fucking said, like, I don't put that much thought into my lyrics. And like at the time, it's grunge rock. Exactly. Think about it like this. Think about it from like rap perspective. Yeah. Not every rapper who's talking about capping asses has actually capped an ass. It's the same thing. It's culturally appropriate to be talking about like that kind of shit. If you look at 90s rap music that they talk about like the East Coast, West Coast fighting deaths, that kind of shit, grunge rock, they talked about suicide or killing themselves. Like that happens.
1: Yeah. Grunge is not going to talk about unicorns and rainbow farts. I'm sorry. They're not.
0: Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Kurt Cobain had written a song about <laughs> unicorn farts and rainbows?
1: Oh, I'm just like, it's so fucking dumb. Like, all the happy poppy music was like Britney Spears and all the other little pop icons at the time. Like, it was not grunge. The grunge was the opposite of that.
0: Right. Right. And that brings us into the fact that, like, you know, the media wasn't helping. The shit that was coming out of this era was like limited. In today's world, you cannot control the narrative. Mm-mm. You just can't. You can't control a narrative because there's too many outlets. Back then, you could completely control a narrative mm-hmm. because there were like outlets and they had to get their shit from a source. Right. There wasn't like a fucking Twitter account where somebody's tweeting, someone close to him is tweeting about it and then everyone can read it. It's like, they had to call Courtney they had to call Dylan they had to call Callie get that information that's why it's like when Courtney reads the suicide note and then Tom calls her out on it like wait a second you said this that she has to like change what she said no no no, you misheard I was laying on the bed not Kurt Because, like, Tom knew that nobody had been fucking laying on the bed. Right. He had just been there. Mm Mm-hmm. Kurt had been dead. So if this was the case, someone came in and made the bed, which is, like, the whole fucking thing with Callie's note. But we'll get into that in a second. And, like, the number one thing is, is up until we started doing this research, I a thousand percent thought that there was, like, a stool blocking the door. Because I honestly thought someone went through, like, a window. They were like, well, how could they have gotten out? I'm like, you mean the double doors? Or through a window, they couldn't have left. There were two sets of doors. The stool was in front of the other set of doors. So yes, the report is correct. It's just not the way they fucking came in. There were two sets of French doors. Mm -hmm. The story is perpetuated like you take that and then what was with the gun and then the media wasn't going out and like doing their research to see if these were correct because like that is the whole other thing is I feel like today a lot of journalists get a bit of tidbit of information and then they go find a source to back up that statement They go find an expert to like bolster this claim and that just wasn't done. They were like the Seattle PD said that the gun spun.
1: Well, and I feel like it was probably also, oh, who's going to get the story out first kind of thing, which is just gross. But I feel like that also planted that urgency to get it out because it's like they literally, Tom and Dylan literally heard it on the fucking radio like minutes after they found out there was a body.
0: Right. Because I'm sure someone was listening to police scanners Mm -hmm. and they were like, there's been a body found at the Cobain and apparently there's a missing persons report. It's probably Kurt." um going out of order if you somehow like are you if you're looking at the article with us as we talk Mm -hmm. i want to talk about callie's odd note it's weird that callie went into the house like tom was trying to meet with callie to talk to him about what was going on and was avoiding him but he went in wrote a long ass note and one of the things that struck me is things seem to be in past tense Kurt, I can't believe you managed to be in the house without me noticing. You're a fucking asshole for not calling Courtney and at least letting her know you're okay. She's in a lot of pain, Kurt. And this morning she had another accident and now is in the hospital again. She's your wife and she loves you and you have a child together. And then he goes on to say, like, get it together. At least let her know you're okay. Or she's going to die. It's not fair, man. Do something now. The first part of that I feel is like past tense for not calling her. I think it's just so weird that he would leave it there on the staircase. You know what's so weird is it reminds me of like John Bene.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that too.
0: I'm not saying the canne- cases are connected. It's just like it's that weird like where would you think that somebody would not miss something? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, a staircase because they have to go upstairs. But like if Kurt was by himself, who says he'd go upstairs? Right. Who said he wouldn't go crash on a couch? Or, you know, and the thing is, is it's like, you know, he calls him out and said, how could you have been in the house without me knowing it? So Callie is admitting that he has seen Kurt or at least evidence of Kurt and has not called Courtney or according to Courtney like hasn't called him and like hey where the fuck is Kurt he was here I saw this why wasn't Courtney calling Tom going hey there's a fucking letter it's just really weird it's also weird that like the only reason they were going back into the house is because Courtney told Dylan that they should go look in the secret compartment in the closet where the shotgun could be which you would think that you would say like before then I mean and I get it like I know the excuses that she was high and not thinking logically this is also on Tom Grant the fact that he didn't think of like all of these questions like where would the gun be where could I find this shit that kind of stuff and speaking of notes we're gonna talk about the forgery of the notes yeah so basically according to Rosemary she doesn't feel like it was a suicide note she feels like in her words is that suicide note is a past speech of things that I think that he'd written before and someone copying his handwriting this is my theory and it's a lot of intuition I think with all the weirdness of Callie being it obviously had living in the house for several days while Kurt's corpse in another place I think it all had to do with the suicide note and I mean this is true in a sense because like Callie was in the house every day and Kurt like for three days cart was dead. And the only reason that anything was found is because Courtney had an emergency security system installed in the greenhouse. Like it wasn't like a pre-scheduled thing. She called and had it happen quicker. She's like, I want this to happen, which you think she would tell Tom just so that we might have more coverage. I'm going to install a camera up here. So I just think it was weird. The other thing is, is that while Rosemary is talking to Tom, she says, hey, there's a weird thing that happened. So Courtney came over, was hanging out and left a bag behind. So the bag was there for a few days and she didn't think anything of it. Right. And then it had been like a week and she hadn't gotten it. And then it was a little bit more time. So Rosemary is like, I'm going to go through it because at first I was like, why would she go through it? But then I started thinking like, well, what if there was something important in there? Courtney might need, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe documentation on Francis, like a passport or something like that, that she might need. So she goes through it and she finds in there. What Tara told us about is that she found what looked like someone trying to sample handwriting. And it was like letter by letter that they were trying to copy another penmanship. But also there was another note in there that said, get arrested. Courtney got arrested the 7th. And then Kurt is found dead on the 8th. So if you don't do any digging, you're like, oh, Courtney couldn't be involved at all because she was in fucking jail. But she left that there the day before she got arrested. Right. And then everything from the arrest was dropped because there was no evidence to prove that she was what she was arrested for. And also there were like notebooks that they found the passages in that were like possibly connected to the suicide note and that had been traced. So the theory is this. This happened quite quickly. Kurt killed himself or was killed or a combination of such. And Courtney found out about it on the 5th like right after it happened and she sprung into action to like protect someone. So like Callie or Dylan. And she got a notebook out and she started practicing writing the letters, like handwriting the letters. Then she wrote the note and then sent it, which is possible. She could have overnighted it to Dylan. Oh, true. Yeah. Callie hadn't left yet. Yeah. Right. Like could have sent it up there. They could put the note there plant the note literally which i always thought it was like once i thought about this how fucking symbolic is it that it literally was in a pile of dirt stabbed with a pin it was planted it literally was planted
1: the pun they didn't mean to make
0: right and so there's this like suicide note that's there and that is questionable. And the Seattle PD brought in an expert from like Washington State and they looked at it and she determined that it was authentic to Kurt's handwriting. And the thing is, is that there's like five lines out of like 38 lines or something like that that just don't look right. They don't match. There's like this one at the top and then there's, you know, the four at the bottom. And the reason those, they stand out because they're like, visibly different. There is the theory that the original, like the original passages were like taken from a notebook and that the others were written on it as well. Because that's another thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure they can tell forensically when shit was done, like ink drying and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure that they could have assessed it. Now, Tom has had two forensic I don't know what they're called, but they're like the f- people who forensically look at handwriting. Yeah, like the handwriting experts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, h- they had two of those and they looked at it and they're like, yes, the middle part, like the not the top line, but like line two through this number. Mm-hmm. We can determine as Kurtz. These other lines, we are kind of like, hey, these aren't right. And even one of them says that this letter appears to have had like a second hand involved with this. So my opinion is that Courtney had some sort of like notebook with something in it that he wrote. It seems like he's saying goodbye because there was the theory that Court was going to retire from showbiz, that he'd written this thing because he was going to retire, that he wanted to give it up so that he could be a father, stay home and love his daughter and give her like $33 million. Like he was going to get royalties hmm Oh, yeah. And, you know, you look at people like Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and the Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, all of these bands that were, like, huge, and then they stopped going. Like, even look at fucking Backstreet Boys. They were huge for, like... You know, five years and then they stopped and then like a few years ago they had a reunion tour and they fucking made more money on their reunion tour than anything else. Right. So you could, there would have been like a Nirvana reunion tour and who knows, like we've seen this where artists are like, I'm retiring. And then they come back. Right. So the the fact that, like, his music, like, he was saying goodbye to his fans doesn't mean that he was saying goodbye to his family. And then the other one, the other lines. So you're telling me that this person who's really good with words, really articulate, spends, like, 92% of the letter talking about that goodbye but then remembers that he needs to say goodbye to courtney and good because like nowhere in the other part if i'm correct is courtney mentioned until the last few lines so i don't know it doesn't really scream at me like this is a um
1: like a legitimate thing yeah
0: right it's just it's just like it, it makes me so upset because here's one of like one of the best artists who's just like gone and there's so many questions and You would think that the Seattle PD would want to, like, clear their name. And they what they should do, and the documentary says this, is that they should bring in outside experts to come in and review all the evidence. And if they find a reason that they should open it back up, then they should open it back up. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the last bit of this article, which is we're going to talk about, like, because we've hinted on them before, but talking about, like, the calls that Rosemary... And Tom had. Now, this brought out a lot of stuff because this is where I think a lot of the theories came out from. You have Rosemary coming out and saying, like, Courtney wanted the meanest, most vicious divorce lawyer she could find. And then you have Kurt calling and saying, I want to take Courtney out of my will. And she's admitting to all of this that Courtney was trying to figure out a way to void her prenup. So, Basically, that's why I think she was trying to, like, talk about infidelity a lot because they probably had an infidelity clause. Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. Most do, I feel. Right, because it's, like, an incentive not to cheat on your wife because, like, if you don't cheat on your wife you and you get a divorce, you walk away with everything. And he had so much money and Courtney was going to get so little. But again, that goes back to the fact that, like, she could have t Swift that shit so far up there and made her own $33 million. And the fact that today, like, I saw an interview with her in, like, the 2000 Teens, and it'll be on the sources page. She says, like, I don't even know where the money went. I saw
1: that, too.
0: I'm like, how do you not know where $33 million went? I'm pretty sure an accountant could help you with that. Right. And so a lot of it, I think, is the fact that, like, when... Kurt died. The people in Kurt's life that turned and suddenly became loyal to Courtney, she was bankrolling their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Dylan like leached onto her, and they were heroin buddies. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Callie, who is Courtney's ex boyfriend, living in their home with his girlfriend, who's friends with Courtney. Callie was being paid by Kurt and Courtney. Like, how are people not going? Wait a second. And you have to look at it like this, like, Courtney promised Tom coroner's reports and never fucking gave them to her. No, never showed. Yeah, never showed. Callie was supposed to take a polygraph test, never showed. Meaning Callie wasn't going to be able to pass that test. And since it wasn't like, the police weren't like, you need to come in and take a polygraph. No, they didn't care. Because it was all (laughs) voluntary. Like, he could be like, fuck you, I don't want to do this. Granted, you also have to be sober for it to work. So that is a thing. There's that. That is another thing. It's like, why would you have Callie, who is literally like your drug buddy, be your daughter's nanny? They wouldn't because they had that other nanny. They had the real
1: nanny. Right. <laughs> they
0: had a real nanny. <sighs> now, there is one other thing we need to talk about in relation to this case, which is the fact that after it came out that Kurt committed suicide, 68 people... Teenagers mostly, fans of his, took their life. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so tragic. And that's a huge number. It is. And knowing that when Marilyn Monroe committed suicide, there was a jump in suicides. Mm -hmm. I think it went up like 10% that year. Mm. And that's just really sad. Actually, I misquoted that. According to the national suicide rates, um, it rose 10% after she died. Than month oh my god you have these people who literally he was their god he was their icon and i know this sounds weird like when i say reason to breathe but it's true And he was such an inspiration. And then suddenly he's gone and he's killed himself. And people like, it's a twofer. Like people are like, I can't go on because like, if he's that unhappy, how can I not? And it causes like a public health crisis when these happen. It's just really sad because like thinking like our generation, that was like Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. When Heath Ledger overdosed and died accidentally, it was like a big deal. People were really crushed. And suicide, there's 68 other people that this impacted. No. And I take that back because suicide is not just impacting one person. It's not just the person who kills himself. And in case anyone is listening, like not guilting you if you are contemplating suicide. If you're contemplating suicide, please seek help. Know that the stigma around it is not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. There are amazing people out there who are wanting to help you, either crisis hotlines or therapists even family members. So with that, like, it affects other people because people will grieve your loss.
1: Right. Because, yeah, it ends for that person. But the people who survive you or survive them, they they have to deal with the aftermath and then the grief that they get stuck with the rest of their lives.
0: Right. Right. And when a celebrity commits suicide, I think of like Robin Williams, right? And he committed suicide. People like literally idolize it. They go, well, if this is how this person felt. I mean, I remember when Robin Williams committed suicide, people were like, how could someone as funny and laughing and upbeat as him kill themselves? And it's like, well, because you don't really know who they are. But the problem is, is that you had people who were so, supposedly really close to him, say Kurt wasn't suicidal. So I just think that, like, this has had a lasting impact on culture. Something that Tara and I had talked about earlier in the week and we just kind of, like, thought about, it's like, this April 5th will mark the 27th year since the passing of Kurt Cobain. Kurt was 27 when he died, which means it's the same lifespan. I just, it's so weird to think, like, that's how long, and think about poor Francis. Yeah,
1: I watched an interview with her. She had done like a couple of years ago. They're just talking about her dad and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I basically the relationship I have with him and his memory is how his fans do. It's so impersonal because she was a baby. So she's like, I don't have any memories of my own. Everything is what other people tell me or what I would, you know, consume in the media, like things like that. And then she's like, you know, because he was such a big icon, it's one of those things. It's like... Like you can't even have like really a day to escape it because say I'm having a bad day and I want to go on a drive and I want to turn the radio on a Nirvana song can come on and it's like, you know, it's this whole thing. So I just, my heart breaks for her. God, it's just, it's so tragic because like no one can remember stuff like that when they're infants, basically, you know, it just really hurts my heart for her. And it's like, I hope eventually somebody can go back in and reevaluate everything because like, how can you fully have closure with that? Like, I feel like you couldn't and that's so heartbreaking.
0: Right. And like, how do you like as her, like, how would you be able to say like whether her father was suicidal or not and what he was dealing with? Because she doesn't know. Like, I mean, when you really think about it, April 1st, 1994 was the last time she interacted with her father and she was born in like 92. She was a toddler. They believe that like cognitive memories and like actual forming memories began between three and five. So she's not even there yet. She's not even to two. So how would she have this like memory of her dad? And yeah, the the picture of her and him that day is beautiful where he's sitting there holding her and he's smiling. And that's the other thing that I like I can't think of is like, how could you go from being this is my future? My daughter is my future. I'm going to get help. I'm going to get right in the music industry. Kurt talking about how he wanted to like change how he like what kind of music he was putting out so that he could, like, be mellow and be able to live an easier lifestyle. And it was for her. I mean, you're looking at the fact that, like, the thing that Kurt told everyone that he wanted, he just wanted a fucking family, and he had it. He had a little girl that he was going to take care of. For him to have committed suicide on the 5th, by himself, locked in that greenhouse attic... Something had to have happened, some conversation, something was basically either said or done to him that made him think, like, you're never going to have this, and then, then he would have killed himself. And I don't know him personally, but, like, just looking and listening to what he was saying, I mean, take the music out, just hear his actual words. So the theories that come out of this basically boil down to someone was in the room with Kurt when he died. I think that because we'll never know forensically if that's true or not, we'll never fully know.
1: No, and that's just like the heartbreaking thing is just not knowing. It's not like, I don't know. It just makes me so sad for Francis. I'm sure there's a lot because it's like especially with like so many people thinking that Courtney had something to do with it or whatever. Like that's still her mom. So, you know, I'm sure it's just a whole fucking like if that was me, I would just want to avoid thinking about any of that, to be honest with you, because it's like say it is the truth and everybody finds out, whatever, what have you. That's just so tragic, too, because then it's like I don't know what kind of relationship they have, but like I would assume any kind of relationship you had at that point, it's like if you found out your mom killed your dad. Like, I wouldn't want nothing to do with you. Just saying. And then it's like, then you've lost both parents. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And I think, like, Tara's going to be like, damn it, Jessica. Like, when we looked at the Casey Anthony case, (laughs) and I I brought up the name, the she shall not be mentioned name. (laughs) It's fine. People were trying to figure out why Cindy was acting the way she was. And it's like, because she lost her granddaughter. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to lose her daughter, too. Yeah. And people do irrational things when they don't want to lose another person. And I just I think that somebody out there knows the whole truth of what happened and either fear for themselves. And I mean, this literally could have been that Kurt killed himself in front of someone. And they were like, how am I going to explain this? Right. And Courtney jumped in and said, let me help you out of this mess. Like, that could make her a good guy in this story. I mean, not the not the right type of good guy, but, like, still a good guy.
1: Yeah, not as malicious as, like, most people think. Because, like, yeah, it's very possible that Callie could have heard a gunshot, went in there and saw him. Dylan could have been there hanging out, could have saw him. Both of them could, like, it, there's so many things. And we could sit here for hours going round and round and round what we think happened. But you're right. At the end of the day, they're is somebody out of that group who knows something or knows exactly what happens. And I truly don't think we will probably ever know unless like somehow some forensic specialist can like swoop in to get something that will like pressure somebody to talk. Sadly, this is one of those that's just gonna remain unknown, which is just tragic.
0: Right. And I think the other thing that you have to consider is the truth is, is that like Kurt could have been depressed something could have happened let's say he and dylan or he and kelly are up there and he's like upset and he goes over and he's like i'm just gonna kill myself he shoots up you know picks up the gun because this is the other way that this could be logical is that somebody like he picked up the gun and somebody reached to grab it and kurt pulled the trigger and somebody was trying to pull the gun away and that's why the gun flipped Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's so many things. Like, there's so many
1: things. And that's the thing, too, because it's like, you know, I do want to believe, like, he wasn't suicidal and stuff. But it's like you said with Robin Williams, people can hide stuff so well. So we just
0: don't know what was going through his mind. According to Courtney, the last time they spoke, she wasn't nice to him. You know, maybe Courtney talked to Callie because on the eighth or on the second, Courtney and Callie talked eight times. Like, what if, like, let's say that they talked and then Callie being loyal to his ex girlfriend who's helping foot his lifestyle is like, you know, you really need to rethink this whole divorce thing. Cause like maybe Courtney's gonna, like, if you try to like get a divorce, she's gonna make it so that you don't see Francis anymore. And then it's like, maybe if that like was bombarded into him enough over like the next few days of like him being high and him running around. And because the thing I need to know is where the fuck was Kurt Cobain from the second to the fifth? Like, there's three days we have no clue where he was. We don't know if he was high laying in that upstairs continuously shooting up. Maybe that's why he's as high as he was is because he was just like continuously shooting up and then he got fucking high as a kite and killed like we don't know because like the fucking police department decided that they were gonna do shit and honestly like Norman Stamper like you were the fucking police chief right then and there and you are still alive and you were you were the police chief for six years you had six fucking years to open that case up and look and you said in the documentary like I would have looked into that case why didn't you yeah you could go to the police chief now and say I think you should do this it carries weight that you were the fucking police chief during this goddamn fucking time to be like you know what we may have missed something and go and be like you you should open this. You should get the FBI to come in and look at it. You should get like fucking Paul holes to come in and look at it. Billy Jensen and Paul Holes. Like, why don't you just have them look at it and do this shit? Yeah, Being really, really honest about it. It's like this is like a career making case because what the thing that the thing is, is that Seattle PD has more to lose by being wrong and digging their heels in for 27 years. And that's why we'll never see all of the case files. That's why we won't be able to test the gun for forensics other than just here's pictures and take our word for it. Because that's the other thing. They have a shotgun. We don't know that that's
1: the fucking shotgun. Right. They could have bought the same model of the same one. They could have bought
0: a replacement. Right. Right. Exactly. We know that the detective on the case planted fucking evidence. How do we not know that the detective on that case didn't take the gun, give it to Courtney? Courtney melted down and then just put another gun in the other place. He already committed these kind of crimes.
1: Right, exactly. That's like what's so scary is like, because she says that, it's like, what if she's telling the truth? Right. What if that really happened? So,
0: uh, but anyway, all right. Yeah. We're getting heated and we should probably stop. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to wrap up this episode saying, like what Tara said earlier, unless something forensically comes out and it has to be an expert looking at images on pictures, there's no physical evidence left, really. Yeah, like you can't exhume his body. Nope. There's no body. Right. So with that, we're going to wrap up. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know on a social media what your theory is. Do you think El Duch finally got his $50,000? Who knows? I hope. Like, honestly, I hope because he got pushed in front of a train.
1: God. Yeah. Let us know what you think happened.
0: Well, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.